Sometime in the last 48 hours, Kingfish, here on anchor, had remembered something that had happened to him when he was in the army and he was at the age of 17. And he told, he recorded his own memory of it. And he introduced this story with a lot of, spent a good deal of time explaining that he didn't want the story to be misinterpreted and in the end of the day he said something like that it, it wasn't um, racist or there wasn't to be, he wasn't telling it from the point of view of saying anything negative and he was talking about a misunderstanding that had happened. I listened to his introduction and said to myself, wow, he's uh, being so careful about introducing this story, he's doing his best to prevent anybody misinterpreting the story. He wants to uh, ensure that certain interpretations of the story are not taken by anybody. Now, in this particular case, I'm not going to really tell what the story was because it, that would take too long and I, you know, King, it's Kingfish's story. It, it's something that happened between himself and a number of uh, black guys in the uh, U.S. Army. Uh, I think they were Air Force, but I can't be sure. Um, so. I sent a call in to Kingfish and we, Kingfish has said a few things. Uh, I said, I sent I think two call-ins to Kingfish and Kingfish has uh, responded with a couple of segments and I'm very keen to have a more, uh, a longer conversation about the whole topic of how Kingfish introduced it. And I, I do wish, of course, that the whole thing would be able to be recorded eventually in, a, in an episode, but because part of it is uh, mine and part of it is Kingfish, then it's probably not going to be easy to do it. But in any case, I do want to continue the, the conversation about it because for me it's mostly pure education my curiosity about how what uh, people can say in public on the internet it's not about what people can say face to face in my head because as Kingfish points out there is a big difference between the two and your tone of voice your the look on your face everything is uh, completely uh, well it's an awful lot more transparent um, when you're in face to face and uh, so I, I'm doing this piece of audio uh, I, I have to admit my main reason is to continue a conversation with with Kingfish so that I don't have to send him 
six or seven call-ins in response to it. I mean, it goes from the particular situation and what happened between him and uh, the guys in question, or two guys in question, and then maybe even four other guys. And it's, to a certain extent, for me, it's built on the back of another story that Kingfish told recently, um, which had a completely different feel to it, but um, when he went to the oldest black, um, was it fish and chip shop in, or hamburger joint in, I think it was Minnesota, um, or else Chicago. Um, so that's why I'm introducing this in this way. I'm then going to echo a whole lot of stuff and then say something. Hey, Kingfish, hi. I've just listened to your voodoo story. And I, th I thought it was a terrific story. I thought you told it very well, uh, at least in a way that pleased me a lot. Your, your introduction is the part that, you know, I'll never forget. And it's a sensitivity with, and the care with which you bent over backwards to prepare people for it and to try to, you know, try, try to get across, try to deal with the possible misinterpretations of your story. And above all, it suggests to me that the whole, it must be really difficult to discuss various topics in the United States. It must be really hard. Well, the, what I think must must be, I mean, this is a theory, because I don't live in the United States and I don't have the sensitivities of a person who lives in the United States. And, uh, you know, all I can rely upon is what people tell me and what I've noticed in the few visits I've made over there. But the sense I have is that people must be going around bothered by the possibility that they'll be called racist if they even mention the fact that there's a contrast between different cultures. I, I, I don't know how I, I would handle that myself, the, the possibility that I could be called a racist any minute. And I'm really pleased that Kingfish came back at sufficient length for me to get to know his point of view very much better. Kingfish, I know there's more from you to, to come, if you like, for me to share, or I want to share the other piece that you've done. Um, but I'm going to uh, respond to this first piece first and I'd probably take me a few hours before I can do that but uh, I, I'll, I'll do my best to, to do it all sometime today this, uh, what is it Wednesday Hey Kingfish you, you're, you talk about misunderstanding each other's cultures and that's 
what I really want to focus on here or say something about. But before I do, just one little thing. You grew up in one place, right, Southern California, and you very nicely describe the variety of backgrounds that people come from and the culture, the different cultures that might be. And, uh, you know, and it's, it's easy for me to connect with that because I lived in London, for example, for 18 years in the UK. A very, very mixed uh, population city. My first wife worked in a school where there were 56 uh, first languages. Yeah, East End of London, 56 first languages. So, I know you mentioned a figure as well, but that's, uh, and I love that. Just to, to say, I love the variety. So, I get that. It must have been a, for me, an unimaginable shock of what it was like to go to, was it North Carolina, you said? And to walk into a place where Klu Klux Klan people in their robes were acceptable. I mean, to me, that my mind boggles given what the Klu Klux Klan's ideology is and given the history of what the Klu Klux Klan have done. There are people dressed in all sorts of ways in all sorts of parts of the world, but the Klu Klux Klan have a reputation and a history, and I'm no expert on it, but if I just uh, uh, go along with what I have heard, um, they would be people who I would dislike enormously. I would find their ideology horrid detestable, unpleasant. It would take a gigantic effort for me to spend time with a member of the Ku Klux Klan. But I was very influenced by Daryl Davis, J-A-R-Y-L, D-A-V, I think it's I-E-S, Davis. Anyway, and his, uh, I have his book, uh, which is all about the years that he spent talking with uh, members of the Ku Klux Klan and befriending some of them. Um, befriending people who wanted him dead, wanted him sent back to Africa, his enemies. So, uh, you know, I've been doing a bit of work on myself in terms of asking myself, you know, am I capable of talking to somebody who supports Trump? Am I capable of talking to a member of the Ku Klux Klan? Am I ca capable of talking to all sorts of people? And I'm not sure I'm there yet, by any means, and I certainly haven't been tested. But somebody's done it. And it must have been an awful lot harder for Daryl Davis to do it than it would be for me. And that's not a way of saying that I would get to like members of the Ku Klux Klan, I mean, I, and certainly that I would ever like their ideology. But one of the re things I, I, I'm getting towards in trying to put into words what I was thinking while you were speaking is the idea of disliking something. You see, for me, 
the word dislike isn't used enough. People have opinions that I dislike. People do things that I dislike. I do things that other people don't like. And you know, I say things people don't understand. Other people say things I misunderstand. And I don't see where the problem is in taking it like that. To be misunderstood, I have discovered over the years, is often one of the best ways to start a relationship. To, to start with a disagreement or a misunderstanding is, is a powerfully force for good, I think. Even with your great efforts to introduce what you, your story, I think it's certain that some people online will interpret and understand what you've said in a way that is different from how you would like them to understand it. There is uh, no way I can think of in which you can prevent other people from taking a quite different meaning from what you said. I don't see how it can be done. And of course, uh, they're online, given that there's words here. I mean, in theory, even on Anchor, somebody can cut your piece of audio up and present it um, in a way that you know deliberately misrepresents what you said. And even then, somebody can transform what you said into written words and and can put what the, your story to what you would regard as malicious ends. In other words, it is possible that somebody could judge you to be a racist for your story or judge you to be anything for your story. I have been, well, what I said at least, has been called racist on a, on a particular occasion here on Anchor, which was the first time anyone had ever said in my entire life that something I'd said was racist. But, and the impression I have about situation you're in in the United States uh, and indeed the situation I've been in myself in a number of uh, times in my life where you're vulnerable to being called a name uh, being called a, a racist, being called a sexist being called a homophobe, being called a I mean there's a whole load of things that people are called and that some people practice the art of calling out people with names. So instead of saying, for example, what you're giving their interpretation of what you said, they, they might just call you a racist. And I'm, I'm only bandying the word racist around 
just because it's uh, the first one that comes into my head as you know a name you can call somebody in the context of a white man and some black men and their interaction so I mean so what I'm driving at really is that I don't see any way no matter how you introduce something to control what other people do with it and you know if for example oh, Donald Trump says something and he says afterwards that wasn't racist that's ridiculous that wasn't racist or he even says beforehand I'm gonna say something that to some people it's going to sound racist. People, no matter what, are going to make up their mind about what he and you say. And I'm going to say almost like, so what? What is wrong with upsetting other people? What is wrong with being misunderstood? Now, I didn't like it when a few people spoke about me as a racist. I didn't like it at all. And I decided I wouldn't have any more to do with them. But that's their business. That is their business, isn't it? Returning to Kingfisher's story about voodoo, his voodoo story. This is what I call it. Uh, and uh, the conversation, the slow conversation between us about misunderstandings and pieces of audio being used for purposes other than the purpose which the person who made the audio wanted them used for, and even including the conversation about racism and calling people racists. Let me um, play you another piece of audio from Kingfish and uh, another piece of audio which I, I feel drawn into and uh, would willingly discuss with Kingfish for you know several hours I suspect. But here's more from Kingfish. Well, actually, what you're going to hear next is the, the, the piece I discovered in an episode by Kingfish, which is the original story, the one that I want to share with you, the one that sparked all the thinking in my mind off. And uh, so here first, before uh, uh, anything else, is the original piece of audio by Kingfish.